Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. Why don't you play that one more time, Miss Helen? Just keep playing that in Jesus' name. Oh, we thank you for your presence, Lord God. We thank you for your holiness, Lord. We thank you for the beauty of your holiness, Lord God, that fills this place. That's filling our hearts and our lives, Lord God. We've come to say thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your word, Lord God, that's changed our lives, Lord. We thank you that we are in a holy situation right now, Lord God. That it is by the anointing of the Holy Spirit we'll receive revelation. Lord, open the eyes of our understanding. Give us eyes to see your truth like we've never seen it before, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, if that's your prayer, won't you say amen. Lift up a hand clap of praise to God for his goodness, his rich mercy that never ends. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you have your Bible with you today? Yes, 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 yes. Let's go ahead and make our confession. We make it by faith. See, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. My mind is alert. My heart's receptive. I'll never be the same. I'm about to receive the indestructible, the incorruptible, the ever-living seed, the Word of God, and I'll never be the same, never, 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 in Jesus' name. Say this, I boldly confess, I'll never be the same, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Man, am I excited. I feel like I could run outside, uh, pick up this sanctuary and run a couple miles with it and bring it back with all y'all in it. I'm ready to do it. Praise the Lord. Ephesians, and some of y'all think, I need another cup of coffee. Come on now. Ephesians chapter 1, starting at verse 15. I want to share with you what the Lord put on my heart uh, uh, just um, Thursday. Um, actually, when I was doing the broadcast, Thursday online, online broadcast, we do a, I do a Thursday online broadcast from my office at 11 a.m. on all the platforms. And lots of times that's how we're able to reach new people that may not necessarily be connected as of right now. Many, many of the people that watch and listen, especially through that, the, the avenue of TikTok that I, I'm able to use, uh, many, many, many people that aren't even in the state, let alone sometimes not in the nation, many international people as well, they're watching and listening. And so I was teaching and ministering and kind of got off on a path. How many is thankful sometimes when the Lord takes you off on a path? If he takes you off on a path, it's an anointed path. Amen? And so there, from that point forward, I had a different plan, or at least what I thought, and I'm still going to get to something else that the Lord had put on my heart. But for today, your manna, bread from heaven for today, is Ephesians chapter 1, starting at verse 15 through 21. And what I want you to get and leave with today is there is a supernatural power of understanding. Whether you rise or fall in this life is dependent upon the knowledge that you carry. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. 
your most holy faith is multiplied and strengthened the more you hear the Word of God. And there is a knowledge that builds up your understanding. What's understanding? Be able to you know, know something, be able to apply wisdom. What is understanding? Having a knowledge of things, how they operate, how they work, being able to take what you know, work it out in your life. You know, if you're on the job and you gain knowledge in your particular task on the job, you get better at it, you get more efficient at it. When things go awry or something breaks or something's missing or something's not working, you have an idea of what it could be this, this, or this, right? I've always been impressed with mechanics, especially. Uh, I, I can do a little, just a little change of oil, things like that. But I've always been impressed with mechanics uh, that can just hear an engine, right? They know the language of an engine. Because they say, oh, I hear a tick. That's probably this or this. And by golly, you know, it's usually one of those things, right? It is no different in the realm of the Spirit. As you build your understanding in the things of God, you get a capability that wasn't there previously. You you ascertain a power that is truly out of this world, that gives you the ability to follow Jesus. How many want to follow Jesus? Amen. How many want to follow Jesus as close as you tailgate some people on the road? Amen. Yeah, I saw your hand. No, don't take the hands back down. You already put them up. You can't follow Jesus the way you want to follow him without spiritual understanding. And so let's begin. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, let that be said among us too, amen? Let people hear of our faith. Let people hear of our love that we have here in this church. Verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks. This is Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus. For you, making mention of you in my prayers. So what is he praying? Starting at verse 17, he tells us, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Notice it's not of any, you know, of trees or of... I was watching a couple videos on how to bake sourdough bread, of how to bake sourdough bread or different... It's not a knowledge... It's a knowledge of God that we must receive. Verse 18, and what happens when you receive this knowledge of Him? Not just generalities, of Him. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened... So at the point that you receive knowledge of God by the power of the Holy Spirit, Spirit of Wisdom and Revelation, your eyes of your understanding, some translations say the eyes of your heart, can now see something it didn't see before. It's no different than when you wake up in the middle of the night, maybe you go make a trip to, to, the, to the kitchen and get a glass of water. Your eyes will adjust to the the limited amount of light that's there in the house. You know, I doubt any of our houses are completely pitch black. There's probably a little bit of light here or there, full moon, stars shining through or something. And your eyes will adjust to the amount of light that you have. But you could walk from your bedroom to the kitchen, get a glass of water and come back. And you may never notice, you know, something sitting on the couch in the living room because it's too dark. If our eyes spiritually are darkened or dimmed, you may be able to get around just a little bit, but you may never notice something that God has for you to the left or to the right. But it's at the knowledge of God coming into your life, now your eyes, oh, I didn't see that before, and now I do. 
Now notice verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. This prayer, and it's not just, you understand, when you're reading the Bible, some people have that idea. Some people think that when you're reading the Bible, this is what God said to this person, and it doesn't involve me. But we can see through the testimony of Scripture, two different times, book of Acts, book of Romans, God's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't play favorites. How many is thankful God doesn't play favorites? The Bible also tells us that there is no prophecy of private interpretation but rather holy men of old were moved on by the Holy Ghost when they spoke these prophetic scriptures. God had a message to people, not to a person limited in that faculty. Even when God gives someone a specific word, go here, live there, marry this person, don't marry that person, do this job, work here. Even when it's a specific word, it will line up with his written word. And it will carry a principle that could be applied in anybody's life. And so the Apostle Paul, even though the Holy Spirit moves on him to first speak to the believers in Ephesus, it's not limited to just those people a few thousand years ago when they received this letter. It is written to the church. In fact, you keep reading, verse 23 tells us, 22 tells us that, over things to the church. So what we're reading to, what we're reading right now is written to you, the church, believers. And what is the prayer and it's not even, we, we might say, the Apostle Paul's prayer for this church and our church. It's really the Spirit of God moving on the Apostle Paul. So what's the Lord's desire? We could say this way. If the Lord were to pray a prayer for you, which Jesus is our high priest, ever making intercession for us at the right hand of the Father, how many is thankful Jesus prays for you? That's what he's doing in heaven. He, his work didn't finish when he was resurrected. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's forever the high priest, and he's praying for you. Oh, I'm thankful that you pray for me, but my goodness, I'm thankful Jesus is praying for me. And if the Lord were to pray for you, it would be this prayer. Lord, open their eyes. Why don't you just lift your hand to heaven and just say, Lord, open my eyes wider than ever before. That's the prayer. So that shows us that, let me say it this way. You know, sometimes we may pray for deliverance from a situation, and what you don't necessarily need is deliverance. You need understanding. Because if you get understanding, if the situation arises again, you can already fix it without a prayer. It's that classic old proverb, right? Uh, give a man a fish, he eats one time. Teach a man to fish, and he can provide food for himself and be in debt for the rest of his life after he buys his boat, his lures, his rods. All, <laughs> right? Miss Rhonda said, yes, Lord. <laughs> no, but right? If, you get, if you're able to do it yourself, you're not, there, you're not limited to what someone else can do for you. And when you gain spiritual understanding, it will provide deliverance in a situation. So rather than praying, Lord, deliver me from this, Lord, give me understanding so that I can walk out in the victory that's already been afforded to me. 
And so how do we, if, if so, if understanding is so important, it's the, it's the first thing that's prayed for in this book. It's a prayer that if you read, it's a prayer I pray all the time. Uh, Brother Hagin mentioned in the early 40s, before that healing move, revival hit around 1947, 48 in the United States of America, and there was mass evangelism and giant tent crusades and miraculous things of God taking place. He was praying that prayer for years, years, praying that prayer, interceding for the church for years to see that. And then he lives a life, my goodness, six, seven decades of faithfulness serving the Lord. So if understanding is so important to your life, understand I'm not just orating on the Word of God and giving a nice little speech. What you're hearing right now is a matter of life or death for you. It changes your life. It it will take you high or low. So if understanding is so important, exactly how do we receive it? How do we receive understanding. Turn with me to Psalm 119, and I want you to see one verse there. We're actually going to go to Psalm 19 a couple times, but for right now, I want you to see one verse in Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse 18. Psalm 119, verse 18. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. That's the one when it's on your reading plan for your yearly reading. You think, ooh, Lord, it's going to take about 15 minutes for this one psalm. Because usually psalms are like an easy win. Lots of times they're like five, six verses, and you like, well, praise the Lord, I read eight chapters a day. They were all four verses apiece, and it took seven minutes, but I got eight chapters, right? Verse 18 of Psalm 119, open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. This is a prayer Another prayer, Lord, open. So how do we receive understanding? It's a work of the Spirit. It is a work of the Holy Ghost. Really, anything that takes place in the life of the believer is a work of the Holy Ghost. It requires our faithful obedience, and it requires our faithful participation. But when we're talking about supernatural realities, it is the Holy Ghost working out that truth of God in your life. How many is thankful for the Holy Spirit? And he's actively working in you. That, that's how the power of God comes from heaven to earth. Because God the Holy Spirit indwelling in you and baptizing you with his power brings about that truth that you have appropriated by faith. And there's a second. So it's not just one time. There's a second time where it says, open my eyes so that I can see wondrous things. I meant to tell you, keep a, you know, keep a mark on Ephesians 1 because we're going to be going back and forth in that. Sometimes I enjoy, I, I like doing that, taking a passage and working through it. But notice verse 17, this work of the Holy Spirit of Ephesians 1, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So notice, notice what's taking place. Now remember, This letter is written to the church, which means, should imply, they're all saved. Amen? So there is something more to be received from the Holy Spirit, even though they are already saved. Some Christians would say, when when you're saved, the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells you, and He does. 
1 Corinthians 12 tells us that no one can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Spirit. But to make the, th- the, make the statement, and there's a whole theological movement, very pitiful and sad, unfortunately, but a very a whole theological movement with this idea that the Holy Spirit no longer operates in the earth as he did. Right here is a prayer for Christians. Lord, give them more of the Holy Spirit. Give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation. They've already got the spirit of sonship, Galatians 4, because they're saved. They already have a degree of the working of the Holy Spirit in their life, but there's something they need more. How many needs more of the Holy Spirit? I do. More and more and more. Because the goal that we're shooting for is Christ, who was without measure. He received the Holy Spirit without measure, which means there are measures. Jesus couldn't receive without measure unless there are measures. And in this sense, there's a measure of the power of the Holy Spirit that opens up your eyes so that you can understand the things of God. Now, again, Mark, Mark Ephesians 1, if you haven't already, look at 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians, excuse me, not 12, 2. 1 Corinthians 2. How do we receive this understanding? How do we get this supernatural power where it opens our, the eyes of our heart, not the eyes of our head, Oftentimes, the eyes of our head are enemies to the eyes of our heart, right? Well, I mean, how many is thankful for our pastor, not just our thankful for him, but he's walking this life of faith out, giving that testimony about that need. Praise God, amen? It's one thing to teach it. It's another thing to live it. And so the eyes of the natural say, here is the natural report. The eyes of the heart say, God is my healer. So there's a spiritual understanding that you have to possess and believe it more than the eyes of the natural. And the Holy Spirit helps us to understand the truths of God. Look at this, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, start at verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. My, my, my. How many sermons have been preached on that one verse? Oh, glory. I hadn't seen. Ear hadn't heard. Oh, what has God has prepared for them that love him. Then you hit verse 10. But God has revealed them. Don't stop at verse 9. Verse 9 is a quotation of Isaiah. In the days of Isaiah, it hadn't been revealed yet. I hadn't seen. Ear hadn't heard. Mine hadn't conceived. Now it has been revealed through the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. That which the Old Testament saints of faith, the halls of heroes of faith of the Old Testament we see in Hebrews 11, they had just a very glimmer and shadow of what you now possess. Aren't you thankful for that? That which we didn't know, they didn't know, we've got it. Somebody say we've got it. Verse 10 But He, God, has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, the deep things of God. So notice there's some things that are deep, there's some things that are shallow. My problem is I take the Bible literally. That's not my problem. That's a good thing. But when I read the Bible and I see that, oh, if there's deep things, there's shallow things. How many remember when you first started swimming? You kind of... Moved around and paddled around. Naomi is a force to be reckoned with when she's swimming. You, she ain't going to drown. She may drown you when she gets to you, but she ain't drown. She's going to stay up. If you, she has to stand on your head. She's staying up. 
<laughs> Lauren gave her some, a few lessons, and she realized that sometimes how uncooperative she is in the pool. But she got, ah, But notice here there's some deep things of God, which remember when you started swimming, you started in the shallow end. And it took just a little bit of training and development before you could, <gasps> and go under. And you may go under three feet, and you think, ooh, wow, I can dive. But it's nowhere near to the deep end yet. And it takes a little bit more of building up, building up. But the Spirit of God searches the deep things. There are some understandings and there's knowledge available of God you receive by the Holy Spirit and you and I, we need it. Notice verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. And there it is. It is your spirit that receives understanding from God. Someone might say, well, the Lord spoke to me. Then someone else may say, did you hear him with your ear? Do you know, and I was thinking about this, for God to speak to your outer ear is a lesser thing than him to speak to your spirit. For him to speak to your outer ear means you depend more on your carnal flesh than you do your own spirit. If God has to say, I need to talk to his outside ear, it's because his inside ear isn't listening or well-developed yet. Paul, the, the Lord spoke to Paul with a loud voice because he was dead in sin. Right? When he calls him on Damascus. But from that point, then, but then when he's saved, he goes to Arabia for 12 years, gets a revelation concerning the things of God spoken to his spirit. So you might say, well, I want to hear from God. Hear in your spirit. It is a more mature thing to hear the spirit of God and the voice of God in your spirit than it is this outward ear. If I hear God with my outward ear, it means I got some work to do. Because this inner ear... The ear of the Spirit's not listening because it's the Spirit of a man that understands the things of God. The Holy Spirit, who searches the deep things, speaks to your spirit. That's why when you get a hold of some promise in the Word of God, your flesh will say, impossible, it ain't true. Unrenewed portions of your mind will say, can't be, I don't believe it. But your spirit leaps for joy and say, I know it. It's got to be true, God said it. And it is the Holy Spirit that helps us get this understanding. Let me read this to you. John 14, 26, Jesus said this, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. You have access to the Master Teacher. Who better to ask about information in a book other than the author of the book? Right? If you have a book you're reading and you want to know more about this information that's in this book, if I can go to the author, the author knows more than what's in the book. Because anyone that writes a book realizes the manuscript's this big and you've got to dwindle it down to get the one point across. The Holy Spirit is the author of the book. And Jesus said He's the helper. And when He comes, He'll teach you all things. He'll bring to your remembrance all that I said to you, John 16, 13, Jesus said this, however, when he, 
the spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he'll tell you things to come. See, it is a beautiful thing to have a flowing relationship with the Holy Spirit. Someone was speaking to me and saying, well, you know, they asked, they said, they used the word Pentecostal, but, but essentially I said, well, I believe in the things of the Holy Spirit. They said, well, those people that believe in all that are crazy. I said, well, if you're wanting me to choose friendship with you or the Holy Spirit, my friend, sayonara. I choose friendship with the Holy Spirit. I would love for you to be my friend, but if you're going to make me choose, I know who is my friend, and it's the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, he's the teacher. He's the spirit of truth. 1 John 4, you ever heard that verse? Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Who is the he in you? It's the spirit of truth. You keep reading. Verse 5, 6, 7. The spirit of truth is the one inside you. And the spirit of truth is the greater one. Then who? The spirit of error in the earth. So notice, there's a conflict between truth and error. If Satan can sow error, deceit, lies, unbelief into your mind and get it working against the truth there, that's where unbelief takes place. It's a battle of understanding. This is why the prayer is, Lord, enlighten their understanding. Because where there's a flow of truth, it eradicates lies. That's why the media is so important. You know, we're coming up on year 2024, election year, and many platforms will begin to censor many things that are just common sense truths. Why? Because the flow of money will be upset if truth is spoken in certain areas of our nation. And people serve the God of Balaam, which is money, more than they do the living God. And there's a war between truth and error. You might think, we don't need to be political. Look how that's gotten us. Christians don't need to get into politics. How's that working out? My Lord. Turn with me to Isaiah 11 too. There is a war for your understanding and you have the master teacher. You have a helper. You have not a helper, the helper for you to get understanding that comes from God. Think about it. When you receive understanding by the Holy Spirit in your heart, it was a message of information delivered from the throne room of God. Where else are you going to go to get that type of information? You didn't have to Google it. You went straight to the source of wisdom. And the Holy Spirit is bringing that understanding from God the Father into your heart. And that's when things pop off in your mind. Oh, wow. <laughs> I read it before, but I never saw it like that. That's what happens. Notice Isaiah 11 too. This is seven manifestations of the Holy Spirit and it's referring to the anointing that first came on Christ but now is given to you and I as a believer. Isaiah 11 too. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon Him, referring to Christ. Look, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of counsel and might. The Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Now, if you notice the seven aspects of the Holy Spirit in His ministry, four of them deal with your understanding. Spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding, 
spirit of counsel, spirit of knowledge. Four out of seven of these activities that the Holy Spirit has in the life of the believer deal with the eyes of your heart receiving from God. That's how important it is. That's how essential, that's how dependent we are upon the Holy Spirit. I would encourage you this. Every time you open up your Bible, man, I'm so impressed. We had to print a second sheet uh, for the Bible, you know, reading through the Bible in the year 2023 because the first one got filled up. Now, that's so great. And I would encourage you always, every day, if you put food in your mouth, even if you don't, if you put, I, some of y'all weren't here last week, but I preached my most popular message of 2023 called Prayer and Fasting. We all left and ate at the buffet afterwards. But even if you're not feeding your flesh, feed your spirit. But I'm so impressed with all those people that, that were reading through. And if you haven't, you didn't do it then, do it this year. How about read your Bible every day until Jesus comes back? Amen? But every time you open your Bible, won't you say, Master Teacher, Holy Spirit, give me understanding. So that I'm not just checking off a box. So that I'm not, I mean, you know, or even I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, but trying to get it through the natural mind. Lord, I realize you're the author of the word. Give me your commentary, your understanding, your instruction from your word. Show me how to not just know it, but apply it. Now, Ephesians chapter 1. Main, main passage we're using, Ephesians 1. So if understanding is so important, exactly what does God want you to understand? Verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, excuse me, riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and verse 19, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. So in this particular passage, we see one understanding is the key to you living this life of faith. But what is it that God desires you to understand? His call, His riches, and His power. Notice, what is His call? What is the hope of His calling? It is the full fruition of the plan of redemption. We have a hope of His call. We hope, we expectantly look towards the fulfillment of all that God has planned on the earth, meaning sin and Satan is completely stamped out, done away with, and that which was in the beginning is restored. We're in this process of God's plan that he has for mankind of redemption, and that's the hope of the call. And we find ourselves in that hope of that call. The second thing God wants you to know, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now, that's kind of a play on words. Throughout Scripture, we see that God greatly values you. He loved Moses so much that he warred over Moses' dead body even prior to the resurrection of the dead that, w that is to come. That's how much he loved, not just the person, but even his body. Now, Satan, you don't get that one. I get that one. And the, and the angel of the Lord's warring over that. He, he, you are the apple of his eye. He, he, when he sees you, he sees his inheritance. What is an inheritance? Something you have received at the point of someone else's death. Christ died so that you might live. 
So the inheritance that Christ purchased with his death was you being saved and brought into the family of God. We thank God for our inheritance, but he values you so much that he said, I wanted to purchase you so that I could have you as an inheritance. Oh, what a wonderful Lord we serve. How could you ever bring an offense against what a holy and kind and merciful God that he would do everything necessary, pay the highest price so that he could inherit you? The third thing he wants you to know is the exceeding greatness of his power. And where is this power operating? Toward us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power. The power that the Lord wants you to understand, have an understanding of, it is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Which means if it's the same power, you should be just as alive unto God as Jesus is. It's not a lesser power, not a generic version. Not wish.com, not off-brand. It's the real deal. And the power of God that brought the body of Christ out of the grave and resurrected him unto life and is causing him to live at the right hand of the Father is the same. Somebody say same. Same power working in you. If I were the devil, I would have to change my pants because I would have just wet myself. When I realize what kind of power is in you. But here's the key, and here's the kicker. It doesn't matter if the devil realizes it. Because if I don't realize it, and you don't realize it, we don't do anything with it. Lord, open the eyes of our understanding. That's why we need understanding. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to stir up this holy faith in us. That's why when we get the Word of God before our eyes, it gets past our eyes and through our brain, washing it and down in our spirit and seated and rooted so that it brings forth the life of God. So that which I didn't have before, though it was already purchased by Jesus, I can now appropriate it by faith. But it comes by understanding. The, the, the Apostle John said that. You know, you say you believe in Jesus, so do the devils. Belief is not what brings about the power of God. Because devils believe in the Lord and they don't obey Him. There has to be a, I commit and consecrate and I separate myself unto God. I believe and then by faith, which produces holy works unto God, I'm going to live this thing out. And it comes through understanding and revelation. Let me show you this real quickly. Let me just read these to you and encourage you very quickly before we finish up today with a, a moment in time of prayer. What happens when you don't have understanding? Well, the Spirit of the Lord spoke through Hosea to the people of Israel in Hosea 4.1. Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel, for the Lord brings a charge against the inhabitants of the land. There is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. If you jump down to verse 5, Therefore you shall stumble in the day. The prophet also shall stumble, you in the, stumble with you in the night, and I'll destroy your mother. Verse 6, this is the one we know. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. 
Because you've rejected my knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. Judgment came on the people of Israel not before a lack of prayer, not for a lack of worship. They were praying, they were worshiping, even to the point where God said, I don't even want to smell these sacrifices you're offering up to me, even though it's commanded because you're doing it for outward show and no inward relationship. So notice, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Not praying, I don't like using the word religion, but if you understand in this context, every major religion in the world prays. But prayers without understanding have no power. But when you pray with understanding, received by the Holy Spirit, when the eyes of your heart are opened and you can clearly see the things of God, that's when power is manifested in your praying. It's not for my people perish for a lack of giving or worship or coming to church or witnessing. All those things were commanded to do and should do happily. It's for a lack of knowledge that brought destruction. John, Second John, there's only one chapter, verse 7 says this, For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for that we may receive <clears throat> a full reward. Without understanding, there's a loss of reward. Second John, verse 7, there's many deceivers going out into the world. In this particular case, what the Spirit of the Lord through John is dealing with are these Gnostics trying to say that, well, Jesus did come, but it was all a spiritual apparition and he had no flesh body. But if you take away the flesh body of Christ, you take away the virgin birth of Christ, You take away the substitutional work of Christ because a man brought sin into the earth and man had to pay for that sin. That's why Jesus had to be born of flesh. If he's not born of flesh, the whole book doesn't work. And so he's dealing with this deception. But notice what he's saying. You need to look after yourself. Somebody say, check yourself before you wreck yourself. You didn't know I was going to add that first one on. I got you to go with the first part. No, you got to check your, you look to yourself. Be on the watch because there's a spirit of antichrist. There's a spirit of deception. And if he can get into your heart, you'll lose what you work for and you'll not receive a full reward. See, if there's an area of my life that I've not gained understanding of concerning what God has said, there's a reward I have not yet gained. This is why some of us, you understand, it's not, some people might think, well, that's not very nice to say, but the reality is we are all equal at the foot of the cross and are coming to Christ. But from that point forward, your journey with God, everybody's at different levels. And it's based on your commitment and consecration and your willingness to submit to the word and the truth and the spirit of God. You can rise as high as you want with God. It's simply up to you. The limiting factor to our success with the Lord is not someone else. It's not God. It's me. It's you. The book of Psalms tells us that the people of Israel limited 
the Holy One of Israel. Limit God? Yes, through their unbelief. Through their unbelief. And there's a loss of reward when there's a lack of understanding. Last thing I want you to see is this. What happens without understanding? Eternal death. 2 Corinthians 3. No, I want you to turn here. You've got to see this one. 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 4, verse 3. Turn with me there. Then as everyone's looking at their page or tablet, I can sip water and you won't even know it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. You know it's good when Samuel's agreeing. Verse 3. But even if our God is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. What's a veil do? Stop sight. So notice, there are some spiritual eyes, there's some eyes of the heart that look like this. The eyes function, the eyes of the heart, they work like anyone else's eyes. But there's something in between the eyes and what is to be seen. If, if our gospel be veiled, it is veiled to those that are perishing. Why aren't people saved? They haven't seen the gospel in the light of truth. Why are you saved? Because you heard the gospel. And it broke through that veil. And you say... That's for me. I'm going to believe it. Notice verse 4. Whose minds... So we're not dealing with these eyeballs in the head. We're dealing with the eyes of the heart. Whose minds... Notice, little g, the God of this age has blinded. We're still dealing with spiritual eyesight. We're still still dealing with the understanding, the eyes of your heart has blinded. Who do not believe lest the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Verse 5, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. Verse 6, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shown in your hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. What does, our, what does our world need? Well, we need to do these programs or these social programs or governments need to do this or we need to all get together. We all need to love everybody. What does this world need? It needs spiritual eyesight. Their eyes are blind because if they could just see the truth, they'd believe the truth. It made me think, Luke 1, I, let me just read this to you. I just came to my mind. Luke 1, 79. This is when Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, by the Holy Ghost, is prophesying. And then he speaks of Jesus, who will do this, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide your feet into the way of peace. See, without understanding, without light, without spiritual eyesight, without getting that light of God so that you can see... There's no path to peace. It's very simple. Who's ever stepped on a Lego in the middle of the dark, walking through the living room? You found out how amazingly painful those little building blocks can be. Why'd you step on it? Because you love pain? You couldn't see it. The lights were off. If the lights are off spiritually, destruction, destruction, death, death. Here's the good news. 
because we're all agreeing and amen and amen and every one of you is a flashlight. You may be sitting here thinking, oh, yes, that's right, AJ. Yes, give them light, Lord. And the Lord's saying, you are the light. Oh, but someone says, no, 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 no. Jesus said he is the light. <clears throat> he did. He is the light. But we illuminate him. You know, a light bulb doesn't contain light in itself. If it did, you could unscrew it and it would still shine. The light bulb is just the mechanism that the light illuminates itself through. You've got to hook that light bulb up to a source of power. We've got some light bulbs that are in the closet. And then we've got some light bulbs that are in the socket. Same bulb, two different functions. And the light of the world is shining in you. You might think, yes, Lord, send light. He's sending you. He, how many is going to light up some paths of people this year? How many, want to, how many want to say, Lord, give me, you know what? We went through Christmas. I got gifts and wonderful things. And I got great meals and all that. But how about give me some souls this year, Lord? How many, want, how many want to encounter some people this year and say, and I would encourage you, I've done it, and I'm doing it this year. I got another spiritual goal I've set for that. But won't you say, Lord, I want to see 10 people saved through my spiritual Christian work. Won't you ask the Lord for that? How excited do you think God would get about answering that prayer? And how excited would he get about blessing every other area of your life when you begin to pray prayers like that, seeking first the kingdom of God? Then I'll add all these things unto you. So let's finish up. If understanding is so important, and without it, destruction comes, how do you get it? Turn to Jeremiah 33.3. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. How do we receive understanding? It's so wonderful. It's so great. See, if I stop right now, you, would, you might think, well, that was pretty good. But I've yet to give you the means to actually get it. It would be like someone talking about the greatest restaurant in the world, and they not take you out there to eat. Oh, you just had to eat it. You had to wonder, oh, it's wonderful, great, wonderful, blah, blah, blah. No, let me show you how to get it. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Notice, I can't get past this. I've got to say this first. Some people haven't gotten past the call to me, and I'll answer you part. But that's how it works. You call, he answers. Until you get faith there, you don't get the showing of great mighty things. But you have to believe that when I call, he'll answer. And when he will answer, he will, notice, not give you great and mighty things, show you. Eyes of the heart. I'm going to show you great marvelous things. Miss Nina Marie, you got your amplified with you? Listen to this. This is great. Call, she's got it marked. Praise the Lord. Yeah, there you go. Call to me, and I'll answer you and show you great... Don't worry, I'm not going to walk off with it completely. I will answer you and show you great and mighty things, fenced in and hidden, which you do not know, do not distinguish and recognize, nor have a knowledge of or understand. Through the means of prayer, 
That's how you and I get understand. Thank you. Get understanding from God in any area of our life. Lord, what am I going to do? That's a cue you should be praying. Because then he's going to give you understanding of what you don't know. Because if I already know it, I know how to act. I know what to do. I know where to go. I know how to function. It's the knowing part that I need. You receive it by prayer. You receive it by the word. Look at Psalm 119. You've already made it this far with me. I'm so thankful for your patience. You got to get this though. I, I love you too much to let you go without seeing this. You get revelation and understanding through the word of God. Notice Psalm 119, that big old long Psalm that we just looked at. Verse 130, the entrance of your words <clears throat> gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. How do we receive understanding? Through the word of God. Every time you're opening up the Word of God, it's giving you understanding. Notice, what is understanding like? Light. The entrance of your words. When the Word of God shows up in your life, there's light. And anytime there's light, visibility increases. Open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart. Enlighten the eyes of my understanding. When there's more light, it's easier to see. The more of God's word is flowing in your life, it's easier to see what's truth, what's error, what's right, what's wrong, what God desires and how to live. The more light I get, it's just like when you're driving, it is exactly like when you're driving at night and you have low visibility headlights, but then you can hit the brights, right? Some of y'all forget to turn them off and I drive by and I can't halfway see. But when you hit the brights, you now can see further down the road than you did before. At the entrance of your word, there's light. Again, it's not, I need deliverance, I need help, I need this, I need... I need revelation. I need the word. Because the word's going to bring me light. And what I couldn't see, I now can see. What I didn't know, I now know. And it's coming by the word. Oh, but it gets better. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, you're saying, is he ever going to quit with references? I dropped out about half of them when I saw that you were getting hungry. Hebrews chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. He speaks to us through prayer. He speaks to us through his word. Look at this, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. So God speaks by the prophets. In these last days... To us by a son. How does God speak to you? Through his son. Everything you're getting from God, you're getting it because you're in Christ. Prayer works because you're in the son. The word of God brings light because you're in the son. Had in these last days spoken to us by a son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. Verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory... What is brightness? It's light. Through Jesus, you're getting spiritual understanding. Because you are in Christ, spiritual understanding is your covenant right. And it's exactly what Satan hopes you never access and use and manifest in your life. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word 
of his power. I think that's so beautiful. It's not the power of his word. It's the word of his power. How does God release his power in your life? Through his word. I need power. You need the word, friend. And when you believe that word and you live like it's true, that's when power comes. When he had by himself, nobody else but Jesus could do it, purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Last place. And it is, honest to goodness, but look, there's no references afterward unless I make some up. Last place. Deuteronomy 29. How many is getting something today? Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. Well, praise the Lord, you know, God is mysterious and only God knows and there's so many things we don't understand. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. There are some things that are belonging unto God. When Jesus is speaking to the apostles or the disciples, not, I say apostles, when he's speaking to all those people there before he leaves to go to ascend to the heaven 40 days after the resurrection when he's ministering on the earth before the ascension, he's telling them, look, you stay here in Jerusalem because what you need before you leave is power. You need the Holy Spirit. And if you, you stay here not many days from now, 10 days later, you'll be clothed with power from on high, Luke 24. The people that are listening to Jesus, his followers, they immediately say, that's great, Jesus, but now are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He's saying, what you need is power from on high. Cool, wonderful, got it. But when are you going to get rid of these Romans? And then he says, that is under the authority of the Father. But you will receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be witnesses. Second, uh, Second Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul says, I, think about how much this man was walking in the Spirit. He said, whether I was in the body, out of the body, whether it was a vision or I physically went there, I went to the third heavens. I went to the place called heaven. I went to the third heavens and I saw things I'm not, it's not legal in God's kingdom for me to tell you about it. So there's some things that he got a hold of that he can't tell you about. So are there some mysteries to God and in the things of God? Yes. But that's not what you focus on. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. Notice, but those things which are revealed. What does revealed imply? Notice, those things given to you. Nope. Those things revealed. That which you couldn't see has been revealed. A curtain has been drawn back. The veil lifted. Well, really, the veil torn from the top down when Christ pays that debt of sin. So that which is revealed belongs to us and our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. What's the supernatural power of understanding? Receiving everything that Jesus purchased for you on the cross. That's the supernatural power of understanding. That's the key. You might think, I need the Lord to do this. I need the Lord to do that. Lord, open the eyes of my heart. Where am I missing it? Where have I not yet gained insight? Where are there some dark areas in my life that I need the light flipped on? Because when you get revelation, that which is yours belongs to you. 
can nobody tell me I'm not saved. It's already been revealed to me. It's mine. No one can come along and say God doesn't heal. He's my healer. It's been revealed to me. It's mine. No one can tell me that God will not provide all my needs and give me the desires of my heart and cause me to abound. It's too late. It's been revealed to me, and it's mine. Everything that comes by revelation, by eyesight, insight, spiritual eyesight, it becomes yours, and you possess it. And then you can work it out in your life. Stand with me on your feet as we go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you, Lord. Miss Helen, would you come back and just play that, that song again, please? Don't give me any more time. Give the Lord a few more minutes. On this first Sunday of 2024, just lift your hands before the Lord and begin to press into God. He's your Lord. He's your Savior. He purchased your freedom and your redemption. Just begin to worship the Lord in prayer. Father, we're standing before you, Lord, as a people set apart by your holiness, purchased by the blood of Christ, bearing your name. And we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and your power and your might, Lord God. Oh, Lord, even right now, Lord, that's our desire, Lord. Open the eyes of our understanding, God. Lord, give us revelation and wisdom, Lord, by the Holy Spirit, Lord. Even right now, Father, I thank you, Lord. Answers are coming to questions. There's answers to questions being brought by the power of the Holy Spirit right now in this house of fellowship, in this house of prayer, in this house of worship. Oh, Lord, give us insight and instruction. Lord, you said the steps of the righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Show us our pathways, God. Show us our steps, Lord God. Lord, we're seven days into a brand new year. We don't want to stumble because we took the wrong path. We don't want to stumble because of darkness. We want to make good decisions that glorify you and bring blessing to us and our families, Lord. We don't want to go down paths of destruction, Lord God. Lord, by the light of your word and of your truth, Lord God, if there's something inside of us, Lord, that is bringing forth a harvest of destruction, we want no part of it, Lord. We want to cut ties with it even now, right, Lord God. Right now, we cut ties with it, Lord God. For at your word, we understand hiding it in our heart. It keeps us from sin, God. Lord, there are callings. Even now, Lord, I thank you for calling out people in this church, Lord. There are callings that are on people's lives. They've yet to see them. I thank you that you're giving them eyes to see, Lord. They're discovering their purpose while they're on this earth, Why you knit them together in their mother's womb. Lord, give us understanding and insight on how to strengthen our relationships, our marriages, our families. We want families serving God. We want our families serving you, Lord. Give us understanding, God. Lord, for areas of healing in our body, Lord, we receive healing by the understanding that Christ purchased it for us, Lord. Let that understanding work itself mightily in us so that healing is simply a byproduct of our understanding being increased, God. We thank you for spiritual understanding. You're okay to lift up your voice. Pray in the Spirit. Speak to God. Speak to God. 
Halae Site, O Ramasile Osungala, Asete Ete Osuna, E Frobo Sotolobo. Lord, we bless your name, Lord. Karabai Sere Esete, O Taisite, I speak unto you and I say, I will guide your path, I will direct your ways, I'll give you insight and instruction. And all of your days, as you're committed to obey the vision which I have cast before you, your feet will not stumble. Your path will be clear. The very things you have not yet seen that will come to pass, I'll give you insight on how to operate in those events when they take place. There are entrapments and snares of the enemy you have not seen. I see them. I'm giving you eyesight now. I have set you apart to bring forth my will in your life, and I'm giving you long vision, a long vision to see how to bring that to pass, where you should be, what you should do, who you should connect with, how you should respond in events. Listen to my voice. I'm speaking to you even now, to your spirit. Listen to my voice. Lord, we give you praise and glory. We give you honor and praise, God. Thank you, Lord, that you speak to men and women, Lord, that you speak even unto day. Your mouth's not shut up. You're not seated in heavenly places with a closed mouth. You have spoken to us through the Word. And you're speaking to us by the voice of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for instruction and understanding, Lord. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, even now, open the eyes of my understanding greater than ever before so that I can see your truth like never before. With eyes closed and reverent before God, if you're here and you need to make things right with God, you say, you know what? If the light of heaven shines on my life, there's some dark places that I don't want to be seen. And you want to make things right with God? Would you raise your hand right now? We can pray a prayer to make things right with God between you and the Lord in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you that you're the giver of light. We thank you that you bring forth light in our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a holy experience, Lord, to be in your presence. And the free access we have is free because Christ paid the cost. Oh, what a glorious thing to enter into your presence, God. We thank you there in your presence. (laughs) There it is. In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Jehovah Jireh. In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. That which is needed and God provides, it is seen in His presence. Oh, Lord, we just want eyes cast on You and You alone. When Peter took his eyes off Christ, that's when the sinking began. Let us not sink, Lord, in Jesus' name, as we keep our eyes on You. We thank You for vision. We thank You for understanding. And Lord, we just want to say thank You for being You. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Have a good week. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you. 
And every Thursday, I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.